Gamers on the Go, a podcast dedicated solely to those games that you can take with you. I'm your host, Chase Kenneke. Today's show is on Super Mario Land 2, The Six Golden Coins, and my guest today is AJ Hurst. What's going on, everybody? <laughs> AJ, it is nice to be podcasting with you again. Um, not so fresh off the the final episode of our previous podcast, World 8. Uh, R.I.P. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, it was good times. It was good times. Uh, and it was such good times that I decided, yeah, fuck it, let's bring him back. Because uh, this is Gamers on the Go. We've had you on before. We had you on for... Uh, Luminous. Yeah, Luminous and Medios, right. Uh, thank you yeah. for remembering. Um, but today we're talking about Super Mario Land 2, uh, The Six Golden Coins, uh, which is the sequel to the game that started off Gamers on the Go of Super Mario Land. Uh, that we did with Magic Air, if you want to listen to that episode one. Um, and I guess the big thing with, with the Super Mario Land series, uh, it came this one specifically came out in November of 1992. It was about three years after the first one. And uh, if you need, if you need like your Mario timeline idea, this would be the year after Super Mario World came out for the SNES. So that's the kind of gameplay... Oh, okay ideas that we're thinking about here but uh the thing with the original super mario land is that miyamoto didn't work on it this was a complete uh gunpei yokoi joint uh and and miyamoto just he was he was still working on console stuff so this is kind of where uh nintendo r&d1 uh who made both land and land 2 uh they got to go a little crazy I guess with uh, with Mario and could really go off the beaten path. So in Super Mario Land, you didn't have Bowser as as the boss or Peach as the princess who was gone. You didn't even have fireballs. Uh, you had super ball, super ball bouncy whatever that functioned kind of like a fireball, but also very differently. And uh, you had a weird alien Tatanga that was your was the final boss, and you flew in planes and submarines, and game was fucked up. Uh, it was more, like if the Beatles made their own Mario game. <laughs> yeah, they're like more fucked up than just regular Mario, because you know Mario on its own is still pretty fucked up. You're a plumber who eats mushrooms to get bigger, and you jump on other mushrooms that have eyes and bushes or clouds and. Fucking weird. Um, so yeah, Super Mario Land took everything you thought you knew about Mario and said, "Well, we're going to do it a little bit differently." Uh, but for Land Two, it they kind of kind of went back to the roots a little bit, wouldn't you say? It's definitely more conventional than Mario Land, that's for sure. Yeah, um, you have Goombas again. Koopa Troopas are back. Uh, there was kind of a turtle enemy in the first one, but it. Its shell blew up when you jumped on it, and again, just really off the beaten path when you're talking about Mario. But but this brings all those enemies back. Even the first level, it feels very much like uh, like one one. Mm-hmm. 
it is more conventional in terms of like the way you progress through the game, but also unconventional because it's a map world layout, like Mario Brothers Three or Mario World. Right. But uh, you play that first. There's you get a starting level. You have to play this first level. It's kind of basically just like a tutorial to like ease you into. You can't actually access any of the worlds before you get past this like opening level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's pretty simple, and once you do. Then you're free to go to any of the six worlds in any order. That's right. what's that's the more unconventional part about it is it's not like there's not the first world and there's not the second world. Yeah, I mean it, it does have that kind of overworld pathing, like you said, for with the the Super Mario Bros. three and then and Mario World did, and it it kind of just feels because of that like it's taking these random Mario game elements and sticking them into a game and then also trying to do its own thing a little bit too. Um, and it it comes out as it doesn't it doesn't really feel like it has an identity of its own uh, since it takes so many elements from so many different things. It it kind of just feels and, and this is going to sound really bad, uh but it sounds it feels like this slapdash put together thing that, like, oh shit, we need to make another Mario game for the Game Boy. Uh, let's just throw some stuff together. Uh, I don't know. I think there's there are a good amount of unique ideas in there compared to the Mario games that have already come out. Mm-hmm. Um, like plot wise, for example, there is no princess at all. Right. Like, that's just not the story of the game. It's you're trying to take your castle back from Wario. Uh, so that's. That's definitely something that was cool. And, yeah. um, in terms of what happens when you get a game over, you know, it's not just like back to, it is kind of like back to square one, but it hurts more because you need to like refight the bosses again. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happens is once you beat a boss of a world, you get a golden coin. You need all six golden coins to unlock the door to Wario's castle. And if you ever lose all your lives, all the golden coins just disappear. Um, that's really heartbreaking. Yeah, you don't have actually have to go back time. and beat all the levels, but you do have to go back and beat the bosses right. again, right? Yeah, you need to go... You can skip past the levels that lead to the boss level, and then you just need to play the boss level again. Right. Um, and I, I don't want to make it sound like... Uh, when I, I mean, I said Slapdash, and that does sound really bad, but it's still a good game. Uh, I just don't feel yeah. like it has much of its own identity. Um, oh, there's also the... Uh, Mario Land 2 treats coins as a different mechanic than other Mario games have. Yeah, that was... Any other Mario game I can think of is you get 100 coins and you get an extra life. Mm -hmm. Uh, In this game, coins are used for... You just collect a bunch and store them up, and you can go to this... In between levels, you can go to this cave to, like, cash out your coins for items and extra lives. Right. You you go to this cave that takes different denominations, and uh, you'll play these mini-games that... Are, that really have very little skill involved with them. Most, I mean, the, all those are just uh, roulette wheels, I think. Or, or yeah, it's just like press press the button to stop the wheel, and you'll land and get an item or something. Yeah, um, and and it's really weird that like, lives lives still don't seem to really matter. You can get a ton of them uh, by by either doing those mini games or they just show up in the world as hearts. Uh, and you don't even get one-up mushrooms, which I, I guess I can understand. You're on a monochromatic screen, and they do have the mushroom to get you right. to make you bigger. You so if they had, yeah. right, you can't do a green mushroom like that. But 
it's still... I I ended up, uh, when I finished the game, I had like 45 lives, something like that, because I forgot oh, about wow. the coin mechanic. So <laughs> I, once I figured it out and went, oh, I have 999 coins, and they won't let you get any more after that. They just get thrown away at that point. Uh, I went to the yep. cave and went to the big one where you can spend all 999 at once. And I got a thing that got me 50 extra lives. I went, all right, well, I, I guess I don't care about dying anymore. Um, Just throw caution to the wind. Right. Not that this is a particularly hard Mario game either. I, I remember when I first got this game, I think it was one of the very first games, if not the first I ever had for my Game Boy. Uh, I, when I was thinking about it, I didn't get a Game Boy until at least 1995 because I have one of the one of the black ones from the Play It Loud series. Um and now I'm wondering why my parents uh, would uh, keep me away from such cool stuff for so long in my life uh, before finally getting a Game Boy. Uh, but yeah, it was it was Super Mario Super Mario Land Two Six Golden Coins that was one of those first games that I ever played, and I thought it was really difficult back then. Uh, but replaying it for uh, for this. Uh, podcast, I blew through it in about an hour and a half, maybe two hours max. Um, uh, I still, I think it's a re- re- uh, reasonably balanced Mario game in terms of difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, they're obviously like levels are pretty short. There's nothing terribly tricky about them. Uh, some of the bosses can still give me trouble though. Uh, the space zone boss in particular. Which, is which when it just like really, really challenges your ability to like manage jump trajectories while you're floating in, in the space levels. Because mm-hmm. um, what he does is he throws out a horizontal projectile and then he shoots a projectile at the ground that will travel on the ground at you. If you, whenever you try to jump over the ground projectile, it will rise up right underneath you and explode right next to you. So it's like this really tricky dodging game. And you need a lot of patience before you can actually get a hit on the boss. Yeah, you kind of need to stay in the middle of the screen on the floor and then wait for that to come near you and then run away from it. So you trigger it going up yeah, in the air. Yeah, you have to, like, fake it out. It is tough. Um, what's what's really interesting about that boss fight in particular is the, <laughs> I guess you would say, the story implications of it. Uh, you think that guy's Tatanga? It is. It is Tatanga. It is Tatanga? Yeah, okay. it is Tatanga, which uh, has, uh, I mean, it's been talked about kind of unofficially. I think there was a comic called Mario vs. Wario uh, that that kind of came along at the same time as this, because this is the game that introduced Wario. Wow. Uh, but they were doing pre they were doing pre release hype comics even back then. Oh yeah, this is it was just stupid little crap. But uh, I guess the story is that Mario and Wario were childhood friends, and then with Mario's fame and and success, Wario got really jealous and orchestrated this plan. And I guess he hired Tatanga to kidnap Princess Daisy. And that was all of, like, that's all the stuff that happens in the first Super Mario Land game. And when you get to the second one and you see that Tatanga is one of the bosses uh, that works for Wario. Okay. It's, yeah, so you see that Wario was pulling the strings the entire time. 
which I'm, I'm guessing is more of just a, hey, let's reuse this guy since we already know some stuff about him. We're making a space level. Let's just do it uh, instead of having to come up with a whole new character and let's retcon this later. But it's still kind of a, it's still kind of an interesting nod, and uh, and yeah. kind of made the game enjoyable. That was that's actually my favorite um, world. There, I mean, you have the the six the six worlds of the game uh, that you can go to, like we said, in any order. And uh, I'm gonna forget the the exact uh, worlds. Let me let me grab them up here. Oh, let's see if I can remember. There's Tree Zone, right? Mario Zone. Right. That's a that's, well that's okay. My Let, let's explain uh, these a little bit as we're going through them. Tree zone, it's kind of what it says it is. It's a giant tree, uh, and there are ants yeah. and bees uh that are that are your enemies kind of in that in that level, and then there's a yeah. bird boss at the end that I didn't think was very hard at all. Uh, and I guess that's he was the easiest one. I guess that's kinda I mean I would say that if there was a zone that felt like the first one you should go to. It was probably that one. Yeah, I think it is like if you start going left when you're on the world map, that's the first one you run into. Right. So that makes sense. Uh, the second one is Space Zone, which we just talked about, uh, that has some really cool elements into it. And, and uh, like your your jump can be extended because you'll have less gravity on this kind of moon-level surface that you're on. Uh, yeah. And then another level is just... Well, actually, even before it, before that, you have to go to this hippo statue yeah, so thing? so you can't actually get to Space Zone by just walking there on the map. Uh, it's, yeah, you need to find this hippo level, and the entire level is... There's water on the bottom, and... The hip, there are these hippo statues that will periodically produce these bubbles you can hop into that will let you pretty much fly right. just infinitely. Um, and you need to get to the upper level of that exit. There, most levels in this game have more than one exit, or a fair amount of them do. Well, all uh, of them have so that's another two, to Super Mario World. kind of. But, uh, yeah, you need to get to the upper level exit of the hippo level to actually start making your way through Space Zone. Right, and and if you just uh, complete it regularly and you hit the the regular uh, end zone goal, uh, you'll just be kicked back out right in front of the hippo statue again. So that's it's pretty that's that's strange enough because it's unlike any of the other levels. But once you actually get there, there's only two more. Is there just two more space levels? There are two normal space levels and, and the one hidden one. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the hidden levels in the worlds typically are just, like, bonus levels, like, collect as many coins as you can. Yeah. They're, they're nothing uh, special. Yeah, you're not missing out if you... You just you need to find a hidden exit in, in, in an actual level to reach it. Right. Uh, but I thought the space ones were incredibly interesting. Like, the first one, when you're playing that hippo level, you're kind of... It's a bit of a tutorial on how the space levels are going to work yeah. in the future. Because with that bubble, all you do is hold the jump button, and you'll fly upwards. Uh, you don't even have to... Uh, it's not even like swimming, where you'd have to keep tapping the A button to nope. keep uh, paddling. But you just you just kind of fly. And that's something you'll do in the second space level, uh, where Mario just has his astronaut helmet on, and he can just kind of fly around everywhere. Uh, yep. And, I mean, it's well, a, you kind of have to. 
Yeah, it's a bit of a nod to the the first Super Mario Land game where you were in a plane and you had to uh, avoid uh, these kind of paths of fireballs or in this case uh, angry stars that would that would kind of force you to go through these more puzzly platformy elements. Um, I remember that level being just like the bane of my existence when I was a kid. Oh yeah, like, I would. It was just because. Basically, you can't touch the ground at any point except we're at the very beginning, and it's just navigating a maze and constantly staying on your toes. So, back it's, when I was a kid, I remember that that gave me a lot of trouble. And it's very much like another Game Boy game, uh, Balloon Kid, which was based on Balloon Fight, but it was it was just another side-scrolling, always going to the right. Uh, floating around, trying not to hit any of the the obstacles that were just in the air and trying to get to the goal. Uh, so I mean, it feels, again, I mean, it feels like they took a little from here and a little from there and, and called it a Mario game, and and yeah. it just ended up kind of working. Uh, but, but Space Zone was pretty cool and had, had some interesting ideas and some good music in it, too. The, this whole game has some good music. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, and we'll get into some more about the music because the composer of this game is is pretty interesting. Um, so we talked about two of the zones. We talked about tree and space. There was also macro zone, which uh, yeah. was this house that would shrink you as you came into it. And you would, uh, just, it, I mean, you'd jump around on books and uh, ants would be huge, yeah. which... The idea, the idea was, yeah, you, you were supposed to be super tiny. Like, say, if you remember... Uh, what's the what's that world called Mario sixty four? It's like tiny big island. Yeah, like, like that. you get it's to like, you get to giant you world. Yourself to be super small, and then Goombas would be humongous. It's right. the same concept here, except uh, the enemies are still pretty much the same size as Mario. Yeah, it's uh, supposed to look like you're really tiny. The, the same ant enemies that you faced in the tree zone, you're going to face here in Macro Zone. So they're at. They're not really any bigger or, or smaller. You're not any smaller, but the the level design, at least, uh, the background elements make you feel like you are a little bit smaller. Um, let's see. There was also Pumpkin Zone, which I think is fucked up. For a, Mar- <laughs> for a Mario game, this is... This gets kind of dark. There are... I think so. Yeah, well, specifically one enemy. There is, there is one enemy that is basically a Goomba... Uh, but they are called J Sons, <laughs> and and they're just they're just Goombas, but they have hockey masks and daggers that are just oh, stuck right. in their heads. Like that's <laughs> that's really fucking dark for a for a Mario game. That's it just seems how could that get through Nintendo that these enemies just have knives hanging out of their heads? That's kind of funny. Yeah, I'm kind of fucked up. Uh, I mean, there are also, like, witches and vampires and, and other yeah. stuff in those levels. Um, I don't really... Classic, classic booze. Yeah. That, chase you if you look away from them and vice versa. You'll get one level that's kind of like a ghost house. Uh, it, I mean, it looks like a ghost house on the outside, and there will be more booze in it than other levels. But, uh, I mean, this isn't this isn't Super Mario World. You're not going to have... Uh, specific ghost houses that are going to be crazy like that. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, you mentioned nothing Mario. Too, nothing too interesting in that zone, from what I remember, other than like those enemy designs. Right. Uh, it, it was more just like a palette swap than than anything. It, I didn't feel like it had uh, like the way Space Zone has specific uh, specific mechanics that go along with it, or. Uh, tree zone is one of the few that you can actually fall uh, fall down to a bottomless pit. Most of these levels don't yeah. have pits at all, um, but but something like tree zone where you'll actually have to fly around a little bit on um, on like platforms, hanging floating platforms um, that'll yeah. do something interesting. Uh, you talk you mentioned macro or uh, you mentioned Mario Zone, which is yeah. Which is weird. Okay. Which is awesome. The, it, it's awesome. It is. It, but it, it just makes me think how weird this island is. Because the, the story conceit is that this is Mario's entire island. Yeah. He owns this island. He owns the castle. But Wario just stole yeah, it from him. it's already kind of messed up that Mario would own his own castle. Right. Um, that's never been a thing as far as I remember. And, but, I but guess I guess he wants to live large. But and he also has a statue of himself. A giant, moving, here, mechanical statue in made in his likeness. And it is just... It's weird. <laughs> but uh, I, that's one of my favorite uh, levels in terms of uh, just the aesthetics. Because you'll, yeah. you'll be jumping on gears and, and you'll have turbines that are moving around and you'll need to jump off them before they throw you down to the uh, pit stuff yeah. below. It is the it's the mechanical themed level basically, right. and those are pretty cool. Um, you'll you'll play in Mario's shoe, and then you'll move up to his chest, and then like, yeah, you come the, out yeah, of his the points tongue. on the level are like yes, yeah, shoe, and then you get all the way up to the M on his hat. Oh right, it's um, that yeah. The final boss, um, I know what that's a reference to. It's three pigs, so it's yeah. it's obviously it's about three little pigs. The the nursery rhyme. And you can even but, see um, they come out of their little houses that one is made of brick, one is made of straw, one is made of stick. I'm not sure how that lined up with the theme of the world. Yeah. It, Either in the mechanical sense or that it was about Mario. It was just like, well, let's let's make this nursery rhyme thing a boss, I guess. Sure. I did, yeah, it just kind of felt like, ah, we've got this boss idea. Let's just throw it in there. Uh, yeah. That is, I guess, technically the hardest boss of all six places just because... In true Mario fashion, all of the bosses take three hits to beat. But since there are three pigs, each pig takes three right, hits. Right, you gotta get nine hits. Right, so it, I mean, it, it's more of just a numbers game than actually being difficult. But each pig uh, rolls a little differently than the other ones. I, I still found Space Zone boss much more difficult because yeah, he more, just Mario Zone kind of boss pigs, like yeah, you need to do more work. But everything they do is extremely telegraphed, mm-hmm. and you know. You have time to think about when you're going to jump yeah. on their head. So I didn't find it that bad. Right. And then the last zone is the is the underwater zone. It's it's called Turtle Zone. Uh, and yeah. there's just this giant sleeping turtle that if you get next get to him, he just... a turtle eat you! Yeah, Hungry Hungry Hippo style. Like his, his <laughs> neck just extends and just swallows you whole and takes you into his stomach. Where there's a whale for some reason... This, yeah, there's this, a whale inside the turtle. Yeah, right. Uh huh. That makes total sense. Um, but and then you go inside the whale. Yeah, you do, and that's one of the coolest. I, I really like that level too. Uh, it it kind of sucks because it has yeah, all I mean, its it ribs, like the insides of a whale. Yeah, like it has the ribs that come down from the ceiling, and those will stab you and hurt you. Uh, but yeah. it's just 
it's such a cool aesthetic level, and you'll be in its juices, I guess. Like there, are, there's kind of this gooey kind stuff of, yeah, around yeah. there that you can jump, jump in. Some, some viscous substances. You there you can go. Kind of float in for a while. Yeah, and then you'll face like a, a octopus this thing. This is messed up. Oh, yeah, man. it's it's a little weird, um, and it's just yeah. <laughs> No. Oh, fuck, <laughs> uh, and then you'll go to you'll once you're finished with all those, then you can go to Wario's Castle, and uh, it's very dark and crazy. And then you you actually get into the castle, and it's just a really hard level. Uh, there are some Und- undisputably the hardest level. Yeah, I, there, there are these because there are no checkpoints and oh, there are no yeah, coins. That's a good point. So you can't like earn free extra lives anywhere in this level. Not that you and, could if you got coins anyway. Yeah, I mean, unless you were Chase. Uh, <laughs> well, I meant you but, can't get them in the level. You'd have to go back out. Right, there are no coins in the level yeah. for you to, like, build up extra lives. You can go and spend at the at the slots. You can but, replay uh, You can replay levels uh, anytime if you need to grind yes, coins, which yeah. is another kind of just weird thing of why... I guess I guess some previous Mario games had that too. You could go back and replay uh, stages in World, but that you'd have to go back and try to grind for coins if you needed the extra lives just seems weird and very un Mario like. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you'll you'll face these piranha plant stone statue things that'll shoot out fireballs. There'll be these big uh, spike balls that will uh, move around in half circles uh, that. Some will require you to jump. Some will require you to uh, duck down. Uh, others, you just kind of have to run through before they can smash in. And then they start combining them. And then they throw yeah. in some platforms that are over lava, but the platforms will disappear as soon as you jump on them. And a lot more opportunities for instant death. Definitely. Than pretty much any other one. Definitely. And then you get to Wario, and Wario is... What, what do you it think is, of Wario? Did he's you think a Japanese he's RPG boss. He's got three stages. <laughs> yeah. He's got three stages of three hits each. So he, again, takes another nine hits. Uh, but yeah. he's... It, it's interesting because they show him... They present him as a character that can do anything Mario can do. Uh, he's huge, first of all. Uh, he's about... He's like, two to three times Mario's size. Definitely. Uh, but the, the first one, he's just kind of smashing around on everything... And there are vases well, that, for some reason, are on the ceiling, and they'll fall down. And uh, yeah, he's got yeah. He'll try to he'll do a ground pound basically, mm-hmm. and to like shake the ground and lock you in place, and that'll knock the vase off the ceiling. And if you're right underneath it, you're you're done. Right. Um, so that's I just realized that that's that's the origins of Wario's butt stomp move, and pretty much every game he's been in <laughs> after that. Yeah, and I mean, and to a to a degree, Yoshi's butt stomp too. Uh, I mean, I guess yeah. I guess in World you had the yellow Yoshi that could do kind of that ground poundy thing, that sand attack uh, stuff. But uh-huh. I, I think it was different enough for Wario. Uh, the second stage, he gets uh, does he get the Bunny hat? He gets the bunny, yeah, yeah he gets okay. the bunny ears. Yeah, we need to... We didn't go over. Yeah, uh, let's talk about there's that. There's a flight power-up in this game that hasn't been used in any other Mario game, I don't think. It's the carrot. Right, I mean, there. it's been pretty close. I would say Super Mario 64 
gets really close to taking it because you have the wing there's cat. Been, yeah, there's been the wing cat, there's been the cape, there's been the raccoon ears. Right. He's been able to fly. And, and uh, this one you just get, you get bunny ears. Is that, is that where the uh, bunny hood comes from in, in Smash Brothers? Or is that from a different game? I think game? that's something to do with Majora's Mask. Oh, uh, yeah, you might be right. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think you're right. Uh, but, but just the same, it, it allows you to kind of float down uh, and you get a lot of uh, lateral movement out of it. Uh, and it's... I, I found it to be the best power-up in the game. You really only get a fire flower and the carrot, and I found the fire flower not to be super helpful. I disagree, because you, it removes your ability to spin jump. When were you ever using the spin jump? I, I'd agree. It does bring the spin jump in from... Uh, the, the spin jump from Super Mario World, and you do lose that. But... Yeah, so... Why were you ever using that? So, to spin jump, you jump and you hold down, and Mario will spin around like a top, and if there are any breakable blocks underneath him, or question mark blocks, then they will they will trigger, or break, whichever, whichever they are. He does need this in some levels, like, uh, I think there's one particular one in Pumpkin Zone, where you come out, and like there's this like maze of breakable blocks you need to spin down through, and collect power-ups on the way. Right. But there's also some, like... You can't get through this pipe to get to the hidden exit unless you can break these blocks that are sitting on top of the pipe. If you have the bunny ears, you literally have to go and find a, like some way to hurt <laughs> yourself so you return to normal big Mario just so you can spin jump and break those blocks. So that's my only gripe with that power-up is that it removes important functionality. Like You need to go find something to hurt you in order to give that ability back to you. I, I suppose. And if you're trying to 100% complete the game and get to all the hidden levels, then, then yeah, there are, there are times where the, the bunny hat is not the one you're going to want. But uh, if you just want to fly through the levels, literally, uh, yes. it is, it is very... You skip entire levels if you have that power up. It, yeah, it's very much like a P-Wing where it's just, well, I'm going to find the highest place to jump off of and just fly. Yep. Um, and and it's also another uh, kind of tutorial for Space Zone in that it, it'll let you kind of figure out your mid-air movement, uh, which is something that you'll need when you are just flying around on your own at that point. Um, so we, we went through the six... Uh, oh, no, well, what we talked about... Sorry, we're still we on Mario, Mario. Yeah. yeah. So he kind of has that, that bunny ear stuff where he now flies around the level... And then comes down for a butt stomp uh, when you're underneath him. And yeah. they give you a carrot right before you face that stage. So it, it so makes it... you like, carrot on carrot, grudge match, let's right. go. And it makes it pretty easy, because then you just have to jump and float as he's doing his butt stomp. And yeah, you'll have really all the time in the world. Um, and it's not hard to do it if you're just a regular Super Mario either, but... Uh, it just makes it incredibly easy when you when you have the ears. Uh, but then you'll get to the third stage, which is Fire Wario, and he'll get a fire flower and throw big fireballs at you and do a little hop. So it's it's yeah. not always uh, the easiest to jump on top of him. Yeah, the hop is deceptively like it can he can like uh, run into you when you're trying to jump on top of him. Yeah. So. I think the best strategy there was to just wait for him to throw a fireball and 
dash jump over it so that you can still hit him while he's standing in place. Yeah, any time that he throws a fireball, he's going to be standing there for just a little bit. Uh, yeah. And you'll, you'll have a pretty good window to, to jump on him and, and give it a shot. Um, but that's... And then you beat him, and then he turns into a baby. <laughs> yeah. He, What's up with that? I, well, and don't... Isn't that... I guess he was like Super Wario before, where that was just his bigger version, so... I guess, yeah. Bring him down into regular Wario, or whatever. Yeah, it is weird. Uh, and then then the game ends, and Wario's castle flips around and becomes Mario's castle again. And oh, wait, you forgot the best part. Oh, he well, throws a shoe at you. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's, I was like, what? That's like no reason for that to be in there. It was just there to make me laugh, and it made me laugh, so. Yeah. Uh, and then they'll throw the uh, the classic Super Mario Brothers line of uh, "Thank you, Mario. Your quest is over." Quest is over. Uh, yeah, all right. Well, I guess I won the game. And then they'll do credits, and then they'll just loop the music forever, and you have to physically to shut off your Game Boy. Yeah. That's again. I I mean, a couple other games did that too. Uh, it just it's always weird to me that it wouldn't dump you back at the at the front of the front of the game and the title screen after after the credits are done. But, hey, you can listen to that cool music again. <laughs> uh, speaking of the cool music, let's talk about that for a bit. Um, this game was composed by uh, Kazumi Totaka, uh, who, uh, you know, you might, you might know. Uh, he was not the composer of, of Super Mario Land. That was, uh, that was Hirokazu Tanaka, uh, who was doing other stuff at the time. Uh, he was... At this, like around this time, he would have been working on Mario Paint, although Totaka did too. Uh, they both kind of worked on that one. And then uh, he was probably also working on some music for Earthbound, which would come out a couple, couple years after that. Um, so this one was all just uh, Totaka. And Totaka's interesting because he, he's worked on a number of... of uh, Nintendo games like he, he worked on Link's Awakening and uh, Wave Race and Yoshi's Story and Luigi's Mansion and Animal Crossing and, uh, and just a, a bunch of stuff. Uh, he's also interestingly enough the voice actor for Yoshi uh, <laughs> and uh, and also uh, Professor uh, Elvin Gad or E Gad if you oh, play that guy, uh, yeah. the. Uh, the uh, Luigi's Mansion games. But Totaka is interesting uh, because he tries to fit a song. He's got this Totaka's song that he'll fit into all the games that he's composing in, or at least uh, as many as he can. Uh, so if you want to hear Totaka's song, uh, I think Super Mario Land 2 was one of the first, if not the first. Uh, you have to, on the game over screen, after 2 minutes and 30 seconds of other music, then Totaka's song will play. And, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and, and it just it fits into all these other games too. Like uh, in the Virtual Boy Wario Land game, on the end screen that appears after the credits, the track plays after a minute and fifteen seconds, and he just kind of fits it into these weird places uh, on Yoshi's Story on the trial mode, uh, and the and also the select Yoshi screens. Uh, it'll just play after two minutes and ten seconds. It's just it <laughs> he just fits it in. Maybe where you least expect, and that's just kind of how you find it. Um, and and I'll play that at the end if you guys want to hear it. Um, 
But the other interesting thing is that uh, with with uh, with uh, Japan, the last name usually goes first, so he's known more as Totaka Kazumi in Japan, and uh, that gets shortened to Totaka K. He just uses K uh, and not uh-huh. his whole first name, and that is where K.K. Slider from Animal Crossing, the uh, the white dog with the guitar, uh, his real name is Totakake, uh, which is uh, just taking Totaka and his first initial K and putting it together and making it into one name. Uh, and it's just something they slipped in for Animal Crossing because uh, he composed all the music for it. And huh. I'm pretty sure for the... Uh, I'm pretty sure Totaka's song plays anytime you ask K.K. Slider to play a song that he doesn't know. Uh, I, I remember in the first Animal Crossing, you could request a song. So you could say K.K. Rock, and he would play the K.K. Rock song and then give you the give you the song after. But if you said something like, Play Freebird! Uh, he would play he would play Totaka's song and go, uh, yeah, I didn't know that, so I just kind of bullshitted. Uh, there you go. Um... So just a, a, an interesting little little trivia piece, but Tataka, yeah. Tataka's pretty cool, and uh, and I thought all the music he did for Super Mario Land Two was was pretty great. It's pretty awesome. It's it's a consistent theme used. It's like you know, there's a general theme that's used in all the different worlds. But I'm so, I'm kind of sad I haven't heard that theme used in any Mario games afterwards. Yeah, I mean he's not it's not bad. It's, it's, it's pretty catchy. What's really sad is that anybody who's worked on anybody who's worked on Mario games composing wise has done a really fantastic job, but the only one people know is Koji Kondo because he's done the important ones. And and he just has the themes that everyone remembers, but then you'll play a game like Super Mario Land or Super Mario Land Two and go, Man, the music's really great in this in these two. Like why why aren't these more popular? Uh, at least music-wise, why didn't yeah, why didn't these get? They don't get enough players? credit in the pantheon of great Mario music. Right. And uh, c- keeping up the with the tradition of Super Mario Land, uh, the Super Mario Land series, the Starman theme is not the Starman theme uh, that we all know and love. Oh yeah. But it's also not the classic music, classical music ripoff that it was in the in the first Super Mario Land. This is an entirely new song. That yeah. It, it's probably my least favorite Starman theme of anyone that I've heard, but it's yeah, it's kind of kind of forgettable. It's not I mean, a bad the only one. thing nice about it to me was it's just indecipherable noise until Starman time has almost run out, and then you get like a little tune. So yeah. that kind of helps you helps you realize, oh shit, my invincibility is about to stop. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it has it, it mechanically it it's it works the same, um, although the Starman mechanically works really weirdly in in Super Mario Land 2. We mentioned that the coins don't do anything, uh, but it it does count up uh, the enemies that you kill. So when it gets to 100 enemies that you've killed, you'll just get a free Starman that'll pop out of the sky. I was wondering what triggered that. Yeah, yeah. okay. So you'll just get these random Starmen when you really don't need them. (laughs) I, I guess you can... I guess that would allow you to kind of tactically go through a level and grind up to 99 enemies and then 
the next time yeah. you like, then you go to Wario's castle and you take out an enemy and uh, and, and then hey sure. now you get a free that Starman. Doesn't sound like much fun though. No, it really doesn't. Uh, I don't think it really adds Starman, much at all. That did happen for me in Wario's castle. I I was up at like ninety eight enemies. I must have been and. The only the, the only time you actually get to kill an enemy in that whole level is there are these floating faces mm-hmm. that bounce around the screen, and you can't progress until you bop them on the head twice. You're right. So I bopped these two guys on the head, and a Starman came down. <laughs> when you so don't need it. Like, sweet. <laughs> I could just, just kill the next two guys for free. Yeah. I, and then I was sad that I didn't get it any time after that. <laughs> right. Because, I mean, the Starman also works. If you kill five enemies with a Starman, you'll get a one-up. And then any yeah. enemy that you kill after that, you'll also get a one-up. Which happens very rarely, because I don't think you'll find more than five enemies uh, most of the time. Especially the times that they give you a Starman in the level. Right. You can you can get to five, and then it's pretty good about shutting you down and not letting you exploit that system at all. Um, it happened to me twice, though, that I was that I had gotten a Starman inside a level, and then one of the enemies that I hit uh, would have been my 100th, so it drops another Starman down, and it just replays the music. Which is kind of okay, because it doesn't actually restart your counter, so you you still have the same number of enemies, and you could chain them together if you wanted to try to really game the system for one-ups, but there are so many better ways of gaming the system for one-ups if you're, if you're trying to do that. Um, yeah. That it's, it's just kind of... It, it's just a little respite that, hey, I got a Starman, I don't need to care about things for these five seconds or ten seconds, however long it lasts. It's not very long. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, a, a cool piece of trivia that I did find... Uh, the original Super Mario Land was was not a very big game uh, in in any sense of the word. I mean, it was it was a short game, and this game's also very short. But they they were able to pack a whole lot more stuff into this game. The the sprites are way bigger. Uh, everything's much more detailed. Uh, there's a lot more music and and a lot of different assets in it. And the game capacity wise is actually eight times bigger than the original Super Mario Land. And I always find it interesting how people are able to... These developers, especially for these early games, are able to pack so much into so little that we yeah. can think... Like, this podcast that we're doing right now is... I'm, I don't know the exact numbers, but like once once we're done with it, if we do like an hour podcast, it's something like 20 megabytes, and that would be enough to fill... <laughs> almost an infinite number of Super Mario Land copies into 20 megabytes. And it's just how how crazy people are able to uh, make games. I think there was a challenge uh, that I remember. It, it was something like one kilobyte games, and you had to make an entire game only using one kilobyte. And, and but people were able to do it because you're able to pack so much stuff in it. I mean, it wouldn't be right. it, it wouldn't be crazy. I mean, it would be you were a square and you were fighting other squares or doing something else like that. But uh, but it's really cool that people are able to pack so much into so little. Um, let's see what else do I have here? You can move to the you can move the screen to the left 
uh, in in Super Mario Land Two, which you couldn't do in the. Is that not a thing yet? Uh, it, well, it was for something like Super Mario Land or uh, Super. Does Super Mario Brothers Three let you go backwards? I think it uh, did. I believe so. And, yes. Super, and Super Mario Land Two did as well, but that's it's at some point that doesn't count just because it it's so based on the other game that came before it. But um, Super Mario Brothers didn't let you, and uh, Lost Levels didn't let you either. And the original Super Mario Land didn't. So, uh, at least for Game Boy-wise, uh, this was something kind of new. Uh, there wasn't much of a reason to go to the left. Um, there were a few places where you could go left uh, to go find like, some an area with a few coins in it and then go back to the path that you were on. Yeah. Uh, and I guess there were a couple levels that had you go left a couple screens and then go down a pipe and then go right a few more screens but it it was never really a big uh, part of the game and I think that's mainly just because they were trying to stick to the more traditional roots of Mario uh, in most of the things they did because then they would go off and get crazy with their own little things like the way coins worked or the way Starman worked or uh, the way they had their open world map open world huh um <laughs> the first open world game <laughs> heard it you heard it yeah you are right in that it is it is trying to emulate a Mario experience on a much smaller platform um it's just a lot of things are just aesthetically different yeah like yeah. it keeps the Mario mechanic of try to jump really high when you reach the end of the level like with the flag in Super Mario Brothers or the the goalpost in Mario World. Mm-hmm. In this game, it's a bell just dangling at the top of the, the level exit. And if you hit the bell, you you leave the level, and then you get to play a little mini game where you might get an item. Um, there's no oh yeah, there's no score in this game. Score is not a thing. That's I appreciate that because nobody ever cared about score anyway. Yeah, I, I'm sure there were some people who gave a shit, uh, but I. I had enough trouble beating Mario games that I never cared about score because I was always just about getting far enough. And I guess I had enough games where, because I couldn't beat Super Mario Brothers, I went to go play something else and and then just never got around to beating it. Uh, I've beaten it now, now that I have discipline and care. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, let's see, the game, this game has come out to, uh, to the eShop for 3DS. If you want to go back and play it, I'm trying to look up how much it costs. Okay, it's, it's $3.99, uh, but I think it's been put on the, uh, the Club Nintendo thing as, like, one of the free games you can get in a month. They, they switch their games, uh, every month they'll, they'll change it to a couple, couple new ones. Um, so I think okay. it's been one of those before, so that you might have a chance to grab it for the the coins that you have uh, in in uh, in uh, the Club Nintendo, which I've I've gotten a number of games off of Club Nintendo, and that's kind of great uh, the way they do that. But it's four bucks, and that's probably cheaper than you'll pay if you find an actual Game Boy copy. Uh, although it's not. It's not a particularly rare game at all. You'll you'll be able to find no, it not. pretty easily and for probably pretty cheap if you if you want to track down a real copy of it. 
Um, but I like it. It's a, it's a good game, uh, despite kind of taking things from other games. Oh, actually, speaking of taking things from other games, uh, for some reason, there are Gordos in this game. Uh, if you're a fan of Kirby, uh, it's just, hey, it's, oh, yeah. the, <laughs> it's the spike ball with eyes. And there's also another enemy. I forgot which world it's in, but uh, it's the, the uh, parasol enemy. Uh, that is very much, if it's not a straight rip from Kirby, it is, it is very much in the same vein as Kirby. Uh, I'm not sure. I, th- uh, I know that there are umbrella enemies in Pumpkin Zone, but I don't. Those don't remind me of anyone from Kirby. I mean, that when they when they spread them. out, they they function differently when they actually open. But when they're closed, I think they look very much like the. I know they have a name in Kirby. I just don't remember it, but they're the Umbrella. I, I don't know. Every every single enemy in Kirby has uh, some stupid ass name. Has some cool name, which is which is really awesome when you beat a Kirby game and you get to see all the names of the things, and and then you just immediately forget them. But uh, yeah, I think it's still a nice nod. Anyway, uh, yeah, and I think it, functionally, a lot of the a lot of the levels feel like Kirby levels. Uh, there are very few, like we mentioned it before, there are very few levels where there are bottomless pits, which feels like a very Mario thing uh, to have be plentiful, but there there just aren't many. Uh, you're, you're playing in these very enclosed places that have, uh, they have, they aren't really doors, oh, but I mean, you'll have pipes that, that function a lot like the doors that you wouldn't have in Kirby. You just, you just reminded me of something. Uh, <laughs> there's one part in Tree Zone where you mentioned Tree Zone has a lot of those bottomless pits. Mm-hmm. Um, I knocked a mushroom out of a question mark block, but I couldn't. I, I couldn't grit the mushroom before it fell off yep. the stage. I know exactly the place you're talking about. <laughs> but it's it was still there, uh, bouncing back and forth at the bottom of the stage <laughs> or at the bottom of my screen. So I was like, "Oh, that, that must be some place I can land and and." Grab that mushroom. Nope. Nope. Yeah. That's... That fell to my death. <laughs> I got that mushroom, though, so it was worth it. <laughs> yeah. But that's a, that's a funny little glitch. That's, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's just space-saving stuff uh, that they would do for, for a cartridge like that, is if it, they just assume that anything that's not seen on the screen is floor, and then they don't have to figure all that stuff out. But then for Mario, I guess they have different stuff on it. It's... It's weird. Um, uh-huh. You want me... I remember for the original Super Mario Land, the eShop description was pretty terrible. Um, they they said that there were Koopa Troopas in the game, which there weren't. Uh, it had a lot of dumb information in there that wasn't really helpful. Uh, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing the overview for it now on the eShop for, for Super Mario Land 2. It doesn't look like it's as dumb, but you want me to read it off anyway? It's kind of fun. I mean, if there's any if there's any choice picks, go ahead. Okay, I mean it's pretty short. It's uh, temper tantrum tyrant seizes Mario Land. In his greatest Game Boy Adventure, Mario TM faces off against his evil rival Wario TM, who has captured Mario Land and turned it into his private playground. To toss Wario off his ill-gotten throne, Mario must search new worlds for the six golden coins that unlock the gate to Mario's castle. A mob of monsters, old and new, seek to stop him. Along the way, through six zones, Mario can nab power mushrooms, superstars, and fire flowers for extra power. And if he eats the magic carrot, he'll turn into a high-flying hare. This game is only playable in 2D. 
<laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty good. You know, that, that's good. not that's not terrible. Uh, the, the description for the original Super Mario Land, I think I did read it out on that first episode, yeah. is just heinous. Uh, but that's that's not too bad. I I really want to know who writes those because uh, that would be something I would love to do. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get paid for this? I yeah. That's Nintendo amazing. has Nintendo has copywriters. I've I've tried to apply to be one. I just need more copywriting yeah. experience. But maybe someday. Uh, anyway, it's kind, of funny, kind of funny they mentioned in there they described Wario as evil, um, and in this game he pretty much is. Mm-hmm. He's he's a new Mario villain, but I can't think of another time after Mario Land Two where he's actually truly been a bad guy. Because sure enough, the first game, the next game he appears in is he's the star of the adventure in Super Mario Land Three. Yeah, I mean he always, other than other than Super Mario Land Two, he's always taken on the role of more like an anti-hero or um, yeah, kind almost like a Donkey Kong role. Uh, although Donkey Kong, I think, gets to be the villain in a few more things. I mean, there's the Mario versus Donkey Kong series, where he yeah. kind of goes back to the roots of being a bad guy. But um, yeah, I I feel like the whole Wario Land series. I mean, the, the the sequel to this game is Super Mario Land Three Wario Land. Uh, That's right. And he must have been so popular, like to have Nintendo decide that he was going to be the main character of the next game. I I think it, there's probably a combination of reasons. One of them might be popularity, but I think more of it is just that Nintendo start to, started to understand that, you know, these games that we're making for the Game Boy, they aren't really Mario games. They're, they're close, but they're... Like, we're not really doing crazy original stuff, uh, and the stuff we are doing is just kind of weird. So let's just take that to the next level, but let's just take... Mario out of the equation uh, yeah. and and let them go wild with Wario and that's when you stop caring about things like health and you you start trying to do like the more puzzly platformy elements of of most more of most Wario games or the Wario Land series where you know you need to get this power that will let you break these blocks and get into this room that holds the stuff you need or the idea that you're trying to get coins and not really care about... Uh, I mean, you'll, you'll still want to finish levels, but you finish levels by not getting to a goal, but by getting the coins and then getting them back out. And and I, I like I like that that happened, because if it, if it hadn't, if Wario hadn't been... Uh, if Nintendo hadn't let the reins off of this series and, and let them kind of go crazy with Wario... We wouldn't have games like uh, WarioWare Inc., uh, uh, the Mega Micro Games, or uh, like all the Wario crap that we have now. Which I, I love Wario. I think I think he does a lot of yeah. interesting things uh, because he's not shackled with all the the Mario root business. Yeah, when somebody I, makes, do, I do love that he's not just another Mario nemesis for Mario to beat up in his own games. Mm-hmm. Like they kind of they turn him into his own beast, and it's really hilarious to see him like be the hero of so many games where his entire mission is to like get a bunch of money, or just like someone stole his stuff and he's just trying to get it back. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's like totally the the opposite of the altruistic intentions of Mario, but. 
He's, um, he's got a lot of great personality. Uh, and in, in some ways, when you mentioned that like somebody steals his money and he needs to get it back, and that's his whole motivation for a game, it just reminded me of 50 Cent Blood on the Sand. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Wario, Wario is Wario the skull back, Nintendo man. version of 50 Cent. I can, I can see that. He's <laughs> Nintendo's 50 Cent. All right. Oh shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can you think of anything else? It, it's it's such a short game that it doesn't really <laughs> warrant a whole lot more discussion. Uh, and yeah, I don't. I don't know if it. Yeah, if it deserves to be analyzed more than we already have. It's just one of. The, I remember. I can't remember which precise game was the first video game I ever played, but I can narrow it down to about four, mm-hmm. and this is one of them. So this is pretty much the first Mario experience that I played from start to finish on my own. First first game ever or first game for a Game Boy? Uh both. Oh, wow. both. I mean I've I've played Super Mario Brothers before that, but I never like beat it. Right. I would I yeah. would suck at it, you know. So that was Mario Land 2 was the first Mario game I actually like mastered, I guess. And yeah. that's, for that reason alone, I I hold it dear. Um, but, you know, comparing it to the other games in the Pantheon, there's some likable things about it, but you're right, they don't... It's hard to, like, find what is great about Mario Land 2 compared to other Mario games. Yeah, there no. are things about it that are interesting, but not necessarily like, oh man, I wish they would bring back this mechanic from Mario Land 2 and make it in Galaxy 3 or something like that. Like, the but the carrot, we, the carrot's cool, but we don't need it anymore. We have all these other flight power-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only thing I'm really missing is the music. Like, they have a lot more opportunity to use that tune again. Yeah. I the, the Like, they have the one really good tune from kind of the overworld stuff, and, and the other stuff's good, too, but that I really, that's the one that sticks with me. Um, but yeah, I tend to agree. Nobody's gonna ever go around and say that Super Mario Land 2 Six Golden Coins is their favorite Mario game, uh, much less saying it is unequivocally the best Mario game. It's just that that's not gonna happen. No one will ever say that. But it is this kind of quirky thing that you can appreciate. And, uh, if you, if you just had a Game Boy, this was a, really good game for you to have and probably an important one uh now if you had if you had an nes or at this point a a super nes and you were playing super mario world and then you had this on the go you probably just have it as something to play until you could get back and play more super mario world but uh it it had its purpose and i i think it i think it functioned well enough and then they figured out that, hey, let's actually do something really interesting and, and went the Wario route. And good for them. So, yep. um, like we said, you can buy it for the virtual console if you'd like to. Uh, $399 uh, came out in 2011 on that. Uh, so it's not a particularly new thing at all. Um, AJ, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug and talk about? I know you've got some fighting game stuff that you're really into these days yeah I, I'm a fighting game guy nowadays um, I'm trying to start up being the kind of like official streamer for my little my community 
So when that happens, when we have our little tournaments, you can find us at twitch.tv slash KCSRK. It means like Kansas City SRK. Uh, other than that, I'm What does SRK like, mean, AJ? So you can... Thank you. <laughs> yes. Uh, other than that, I'm just doing stuff, and I say stuff you might be interested in on Twitter. So please follow me at twi- uh, twitter.com slash MoTheHawk. M-O-T-H-E-H-A-W-K. Very cool. Um, hey, while I have you here, uh, thinking about future episodes, what is... I, I know I, I've heard you talk about it before, but you've played Killer Instinct on a Game Boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but what, that's the first fighting game I ever played. <laughs> what's, the, what's the best fighting game on a handheld system? Because none, oh, none of them are very good. Uh, can we can I, I mean, we go as recent as as 3ds and Vita? I would say no because that's cheating. Okay, you're right. I mean, especially especially if there's an original one because because they would anything they would try to make before the 3ds was just uh, a kind of a uh, sham shameful yeah. Yeah. Uh, reproduction of something like I had the Game Boy Advance version of Street Fighter 2 and it was terrible and i, I had cut psp out of this too and i had well yeah full, yeah ports and i had the game boy version of uh primal rage which again was terrible uh, <laughs> and i mean you had killer instinct and i'm guessing that was probably not a great game um, uh i wouldn't have known at the time but sure yeah i mean killer instinct one in general is not all that great uh but the Game Boy version, yeah, you just don't want to play it. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to think about what a great fighting game on a handheld would be because you want to have that versus one-on-one competition with another player, and that's so hard to get going on a portable device. Right. It, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a very popular genre on handheld systems, and I, if there were any original ones, I doubt they would be very important, or because I can't think of one. Um, yeah, me neither. And but I mean, you're right. When we got to 3ds and and Vita and PSP to a degree, we're we're starting to get closer to those console quality, uh, yeah, graphics and engines. And you're able to get a game like Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 that kind of works. I mean, it's 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 not perfect, but it is pretty functional. It's more functional than the other fighting game that I've played on a handheld system. Um, and Street Fighter 4 3DS edition, I think, is is also really solid um, in terms of just like trying to play a fighting game on a on a handheld screen. It, it works really yep. well. But uh, I try not to do ports on on gamers on the go. So if we ever think of an original one, I'll uh, I'll make sure to get you back on because because uh, okay. you could you could break down the frames and and tell me about super <laughs> delayed. Hyper combos or whatever the fuck things yeah, do. Yeah, sure. I'll try to sound like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but all right. Ultra combo. Uh, I this is becoming a recurring thing, but uh, I'm sorry again, guys, that it took so long to get an episode out. Uh, I've I've moved from from the confines of the middle of Missouri to the confines of eastern Missouri. <laughs> I'm now. In St. Louis, in a new apartment with a still new job. Still confined in Missouri. In yep, still confined in Missouri. Um, maybe I'll get out of here one day. But at the moment, uh, I've got a nice new job and a nice new place, and uh, and 
it's kind of it's getting to the point where it's kind of settling down, and I'm able to start doing these episodes again. Uh, so I'm going to continue promising, like I have before, that episodes are going to come at a at a faster clip. Uh, but you know, who, who knows? <laughs> Just know that I am always interested in doing this show, and I will I will keep doing it as, as much as I can. I've got lots of episodes that I'm excited to do, and uh, and we'll try to get them in. I, I've had. Uh, some fans actually write in and, and ask for some Zelda games. So uh, we did Oracle okay. of Ages and Oracle of Seasons before. Uh, Link's Awakening is obviously a, a very important one that I'd like to do. Uh, and then if we're talking about portable Zelda games, there's also Minish Cap and um, Phantom Hourglass and, and Spirit Tracks. Uh, and, you know, maybe closer to the time when um, Link to the Past 2 or, or whatever the hell they're calling that new Link, Link to the Past Zelda game that comes out for 3DS. Maybe when that yeah. comes out or close to that time, we'll start talking more about uh, Zelda stuff, because that'll be more appropriate, I guess. But, uh, AJ, I want to thank you again for coming on. Uh, it's been a pleasure, man. And Anytime. Uh, we'll get you on again sometime here. But uh, to all of you guys, have fun playing uh, Super Mario Land 2 Six Golden Coins if you, uh, you want to play it. It takes you like an hour and a half, two hours. It's not hard. <laughs> okay. Just saying. Yep. Yeah. 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 You're just if you're interested, no big deal. It's not the greatest Mario game. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you later.